I promise it's a one shot. It's a Dungeons and Dragons podcast featuring explicit language, violence, and mature themes. Listener discretion advised. Welcome to I Promise It's a One Shot, a real play D&D podcast where I've seemingly tricked a bunch of my friends into playing Dungeons and Dragons with me. If you're brand new to the game, please don't worry about the library of rules that you may have heard of as I generally don't follow them. All you really need to know is that what you can do whatever your heart desires. How successfully you do it will be determined by a 20-sided die. I'm Charlie and I'll be your DM or Dungeon Master. And I'll be joined by Rebecca, who will be playing Celeste Shadowspire, a dragonborn cleric. Alex, playing Norman Stoutmouse, a halfling rogue. Patrick, playing Tavmav Levtish, a tiefling druid. Fran, playing Gretchen Laquisha, a rock Janassi fighter. And Michael, playing Tannen Lightguard Sukil, a gnome artificer. So, join us on this adventure as we try to answer the question, what would you do to save your bar? And I promise, it's a one-shot. Welcome to the charming hamlet of Thriftwood, an idyllic town nestled between the rolling hills of Verdant Crest and the Misty Forest. Our tale begins in the quaint little town square, Merchants have begun opening their stalls and loading their wares onto the streets for another perfect summer day. The smell of honeysuckle wafts in the air as children make their way to school, rosy-cheeked and chasing one another until they stop frozen. A dilapidated inn beside the river Silvermere, which has seen many a better day. The children stop and run to get out of sight as they see a tiefling opening up the windows of the Golden Salmon. Here is where we meet our players, so why don't you guys introduce yourselves? I'm Gretchen Laquisha. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys laughing at me on my accent? <laughs> <laughs> it's just every time we hear that name. <laughs> yeah, well, it's the best name ever. <laughs> uh, Norman Stoutmouse. Celeste Shadowspire. Tav Mav Leftish. So, my name is Tanlin Lightguard Sukil. You guys find yourselves as the proprietors of the Golden Salmon. The inn itself has seen better days. Currently at the minute, Tanlin is preparing some food in the kitchen. Gretchen is currently working on some accounting documents. And as you're all there, uh, let's just kick it off straight away. Everybody give me a perception check. 19. 12. 20. I feel vibrations in the wood. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure there's a cream for that. (laughs) (laughs) So, Tav, Mav, and Norman, as you are busy prepping for the day, you can hear a commotion coming from outside different from anything you would normally hear on a busy street it sounds like there is a bit of a kerfuffle for lack of another bridge because you know you're the big strong one do you mind like checking out that noise what noise there's noise outside ah 
Okay. I'll run. I'll run to the the nearest window and just like peek my little head over the thing just to see what yeah. I can see while she's going out. Just put the ledger accounts down. Take my bloody glasses off my fucking little thing. I'll go to another window. So I go outside. Okay, so all three of you appear at the window. Gretchen, you initially see that there's a large troop of soldiers making their way down the street. Uh, They seem to be bashing on the doors, trying to get the attention of the proprietors inside. Each market stall is being ransacked by the troops, and you can see a solo figure on a horseback making his way down the street. Norman and Tav, as you are standing by the window, they haven't noticed you two. Uh, however, two guards instantly see you, Gretchen, start making their way towards you. I'm not surprised. I'm massive. So the closer that they get to you, you just seem to tower over them. And you can see that one of them is starting to sweat a little bit. Uh, he goes, um, <clears throat> excuse, excuse me, madam. Um, uh, madam? Yes, madam. So, sorry, sorry, my, my apologies. Uh, are you the owner of this establishment? Why? Uh, make way for the king's messenger. He is arriving soon. Make way for me. Roll me intimidation. 21. They are just instantly frozen in fear. Uh, one of them instinctively starts to move to the side, and the other one kind of turns and just grabs him and goes, Get back here, you fool! The solo figure on horseback is keeps making way closer and closer to you. Uh, one of the soldiers because um, <clears throat> as mentioned before, the, the king's messenger is on his way. Uh, he has come to speak to all of the owners of the establishment in this area. Will you accommodate him? Depends on how big he is. This is a very small door, mate. Well, he is a, a n- normal stature. <laughs> Are you trying to say I'm not? He looks you up and down and uh, kind of blushes a little bit and goes, uh, no, 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 that, that, that wasn't what I was trying to say. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm just messing with you, just messing with you, don't worry. Oh, oh thank God. Oh, oh thank God. <laughs> don't worry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just starts to wipe the sweat off of his brow. Um, he goes, uh, please, uh, may we come in? Uh, are you going to like ransack your tavern like you've been doing with the other places because i can see people going into places and there's noise and that okay roll me a uh roll me an an insight check 12 so when you gaze upon him you can't see any nefarious purposes behind his words um however the evidence behind you does seem to kind of contradict what is out there as you gaze out uh norman and tav both of you as you look at the soldiers they have seemed to have dragged out some women from one of the market stores nearby um they've been pushed down onto their knees and the man on horseback looks them up and down and starts speaking to them you can't quite make out what they're saying um but you can see a look of bewilderment and confusion upon their faces so celeste what are you doing and just quietly observing (laughs) (laughs) Gretchen's got this I'm fine (laughs) that makes me feel like Gretchen hasn't got this (laughs) okay so Norman and Tav what do you want to do I'm just uh, gonna lean over to Tav and and be like how many guards do you think she could take out before they got her seven Seven. Do you want to wait? Well, you've got to wager. Uh, I'll wager 
my ten gold. Ten gold. Hmm. You're on. Yeah. Kill him. (laughs) 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 Do I hear this? Yeah. So you do from outside. The guard goes. What did you say? They said, "Tell him." He's got muck on his shoes. <laughs> oh, and, and uh, he looks at his discovered shoes and goes, Oh, uh, thank you. And uh, he just waves at Norman. <laughs> <laughs> See, we're good people. We're good people. I mean, I'll invite you in if you put your weapons like down. Like, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm unarmed. So the head guard kind of looks a little unnerved by that. Um, however, he turns his head towards three other guards on the street and summons them closer. Uh, he gives them a nod and they start making their way towards the door, standing outside on patrol. He turns to you and places his sword at the front of the gate and makes his way inside. Mint! Does he put his weapons down? Yeah, he puts his sword He's down. a good lad. Come in, come in, welcome in. Well, thank, thank you. This thank is our you. new friend. What's your name? Oh, uh, my name is uh, Caleb Everbright. Kind of just sitting down on the ch- on like a chair. Yeah. Norman. What? Beer. Oh, I'll sort the beer. We'll be waiting forever with his little legs. <laughs> you're, just, you're just mad you didn't get your ten gold? Yeah, it's fucking horny cunt. So Caleb kind of just sits down. Uh, he takes a look around all of the tavern, uh, seeing how worn down everything is. Like, like I said, you guys have, haven't done much repair to this place. Um, he takes a little look at his beer, wipes the rim of the glass itself, and brushing off the dust, and uh, takes a sip of it and just goes, ah, "That's a, that's a, that's a, that, that's good beer. It go, goes down smooth." Thank Not you. a problem. So, Caleb. Yes. Why are you here? What's what's going on? Well, uh, we're we're here to make some inquiries and have some discussions. Roll me, whoever is looking at him, an insight check. Seventeen. Twenty. So Gretchen and especially Celeste, uh, you can tell that he is not being forthcoming with the truth. Come on now. Come on. We know that's a lie. I'm just going to walk over to him and sit very very close to him and just glare at him roll me intimidation with advantage because you are a hefty dragonborn my intimidation on here is minus one that makes zero sense (laughs) (laughs) that's a five that's an eight so as you look at him uh you kind of have like the anime big eyes um so it's not really (laughs) that scary um he kind of gazes around the place and then realizes suddenly that he should not be sitting down. Uh, he jumps to attention, uh, putting his helmet back on, uh, and he goes, uh, he, he will be here very shortly. Who is it? Who is the messenger? What's his name? L- Lord Armitage. DM, do I know him because I'm pure posh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm from so, uh, the upper class. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so uh roll me for pierre posh 16 damn you know all the pierre posh people um 
So you know Lord Armitage, um, the name is very familiar because of your father's work. Um, you have heard of him mentioning that name before. He is the bearer of the king's purse. Uh, he is responsible for basically any monetary decisions that the realm may need to make. Okay, I kind of lean over to Celeste and be like, this guy's a big deal. He's rich as fuck. Uh, how much are we talking? I'm asking for a friend. Like, he like looks after the king's purse. He's like, super, like, wherever he walks, gold is on the floor kind of thing, you know what I mean? At which point, uh, Norman, you can hear the sound of hoofs coming from outside. Uh, the Lord is starting to make his way into the tavern. As you gaze out the window, you can see an ebony horse trotting down the road slowly. Uh, at, at this time, you can see what appears to be a very gaunt-looking man. Uh, he's very tall, broad-shouldered, uh, but definitely, definitely thin. As he dismounts his horse and starts to make his way into his tavern, you can see all the soldiers are starting to sweat a bit. Uh, the, at this point, the captain of the guard just shoots to attention as this imposing figure comes in. He gazes upon him and, with an air of just superiority, says, You are dismissed. The captain nods his head and downs his beer and just runs out the door going, Thank you! Pussy. <laughs> <laughs> so Lord Armitage walks in, sits down at the table. So this is the Golden Tavern. So the Golden Tavern. Mm, quite. Anyway, you know who I am. I am Lord Armitage. Yeah, I'm. My dad mentioned you a lot. Yes, yeah, sir. Who was your father? Uh, we're part of the Laquisha household. <laughs> Come now. What? <laughs> Please be serious. What do you mean by that? <laughs> what would a Laquisha be doing in this place? Uh, learning not to be a basic bitch. Quite. Well, I've come here bringing good tidings. His Majesty King Bellerin II has decreed all within the realm must help to rebuild. And he walks around you. Norman, at this time you can hear the women outside begin to scream. Uh, the guards nearest to the building are pulling them by their hair, manhandling them and throwing them into the building. As you gaze out, you begin to see them drag them into the building and throw them inside the women and the children, barricading the door behind them, at which point the captain walks up and solemnly nods his head. The guards throw their torch onto the roof, setting the building alight. Jesus Christ, what, the, what was that? What's up? The, the burning people alive? What? The burning people alive? Yeah, the, the, the last down the road whose name I don't remember. Norma. The fish. The fishmonger. Really? My name's Norman. The first name you came up with was Norma. She could be your soulmate. <laughs> she could be your soulmate. You and Norma could have had a thing. Norma. I'm burning people it's alive, people yes. Alive. <laughs> 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 so Celeste and Gretchen uh, as you sit there you look back at him and you see a sly smile appear on his face 
And he goes, yes, they, they did not wish to so help rebuild. Did they not wish to, or they didn't have the means to? Does it matter? Yes. As I'm sure you may be aware, the kingdom has fallen behind since a recent wave of dragon attacks. Our king is a very gracious and noble soul, and that is why I must act on his behalf and collect the tax from his subjects. And he looks at you and he places a scroll that he pulls out from his pocket. And you can see the emblem for the crown of Stargard, and he places this before you. I pick it up. But I need to walk over the other table because my glasses are there. A little bit short-sighted. Or long-sighted. Whichever sighted is the one where you can't read things up close. So as you unwrap the scroll, you can see that this is a tax of 40,000 gold pieces. And you have two months to repay this. Okay. Um, Lord Army Tidge, um, can you do me a favour? Like a really small one. Hmm. Can you just look around you? Okay. Like really look. And what is it I'm looking for, child? She's trying to say we have wood and that's it. Essentially, yeah. Are you seeing the state of this place? I tried not to say anything about it. Oh, yes, that was very chivalrous of you. But... You know what I mean? Are you saying you refuse? No, I didn't say we refuse to pay. I just literally said two months is a bit of a tight deadline. Well, if you disagree with the king's decision... I don't disagree. Well... You put words in my mouth. This sounds like a decision you will need to discuss amongst yourselves. <laughs> can I ask, is the nobility being hit with this tax as well? Don't walk off. I can see you walking off. So he turns to you and uh, roll me a wisdom saving throw. Jesus Christ. One. Get, get it out of the way. Just get the ones done. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when he shoots his stare back at you, you feel like you shrink to three foot tall. And he smiles once more and goes, I'm not going to comment on that. All that you need to know is that the burden is to be shared by all. And he turns and begins to make his way out and he says, you have two months. Okay, thank you, your lordliness. Bye. As he exits, you're all stood there, left in the silence of the sound of cackling flames being the only thing that pierces the air. Ah, oh, thank fuck he didn't ask for a beer. Tomlin, we're out. Go for a run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, beer, you see. I mean, I've sure got plenty left in my jug. The jug is empty. I'll... Uh, how's, the jug, how's the jug empty? It's always... Beer. Make more beer. Guys, I think I need to go on a beer run. <laughs> okay, so you uh, kind of like make your way out of the tavern, um, curiously looking into the ale... Uh, trying to work out where it went. Uh, 
As you come outside, you can see the burning wreckage of one of the buildings outside, but you do see the market stalls down the street um, trying to get back to some sense of normality after the soldiers went in. Um, as you make your way down the market, uh, roll me a perception check. Oh, I'm not particularly perceptive. I am 14. Okay, so as you stroll down the road, you can see um, a couple of people uh, setting up some markets again, some you know, some normal wares such as like clothes and armor and things like that. Uh, there's a woman who is setting up some pots outside. Uh, you can also see an old woman um, feeding some uh, pigeons. Uh, she's kind of like keeping to herself. Uh, as you make your way down, you suddenly notice that you're not alone. You get the feeling that someone's following you. Hello? Anybody there? Would you like some beer or some food? I know a great place that does both. <laughs> so are you saying this in the <laughs> middle of the street? I think someone's behind us, right? So I'm like being followed. So like turn around. I'm like, hello. Now, do I see them and look around or not? Uh, so as you turn around, you can't see anyone following you really. You just see the normal hubbub of the street. All right, then yeah, I'm just in the middle of the street. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, as you are um, like t- turning around, talking to thin air, a couple of people stare at you, just go back to ignoring you. Uh, you, If you wanted to get some more beer, uh, the local brewer is probably about two streets down. All right, I'll head towards the local brewer. Could um, I spot any the stalls to get any food or anything like that along the way? Uh, what's your passive perception? Eleven. Okay, so uh, <laughs> you do notice a couple of things. Um, some apple carts. Uh, one guy is just walking around pushing a cart of lettuces, kind of keeping to himself a little bit, right. uh, looking a little bit shifty. <laughs> you also notice uh, that the cake stall is finally set up this morning, so there's a whole selection of like, really lovely cakes. I'll be coming back for you once I refill this as a Guaharambi jug. Okay, so as you make your way around the corner, um, roll me a further perception check. 19. Oh, damn. Okay, so as you turn around the corner, you suddenly see that the, the a shadow coming behind you, a hand outreach and trying to reach for your shoulder. Can I try and, like, say, dig out the way? I'll just move to one side. And we're like, oi, hands up the jug. <laughs> uh, with your past perception I'd say you definitely managed to avoid the hand grabbing your shoulder um, as you turn around you can see a towering figure above you uh, this is someone who you've dealt with before uh, it's a well dressed tiefling with very sharp features um, his obsidian black horns curling back from his temples and piercing yellow eyes seem to pierce directly into your soul he goes ah Tanlin, you've been away for a while, my friend. Uh, yeah, I've been hard at work, as you can probably see I'm working right now. I can see, I can see. Working hard for me? I work hard for everybody, I like. I've got to give him like a pat on the shoulder, and I realize I can't reach. So I like, pat him on the hip. <laughs> okay. Uh, so he looks curiously at you, and then he puts his hand on your shoulder and then pushes you into the wall. 
Um, he kind of like stares you down a little bit more and says, you don't no idea who I am, do you? Have you had something to drink? <laughs> Roll me a <laughs> history check with disadvantage because of your years of alcohol abuse. Oh, that's a nine. And uh, natural 20. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I'll say that you remember his first name. Uh, his first name is Draken, uh, and you remember him as being the Lone Shark of Thriftwood. Of course, I know who you are, Draken. That's why I'm obviously your friend. Ah, oh, well, it's a shame that friends would screw friends over, isn't it? And you can see him like clinging his hand into your shoulder a little bit tighter. That's a bit tight, and. It's a real shame. Who screwed you over? I'll count them for you. <laughs> you drunk little gnome. And he pushes you hard into the wall. He says, you owe me big. I owe you big? I mean, I'm a very smart man. I'm sure I recall if I made a deal where I owe you something. He looks you deep in the eye and he goes, listen, you drunk little fool. That armor you sold me was shit. And that fucking bird as well. And he just like, you can see like a fire burning behind his yellow eyes. Um, however, he lets go of your hand and he starts, he pulls himself back and he starts twirling his little beard. And he goes, listen, what you made for me was shit. Explain yourself. Hey, what all I do is I improve what I'm given. I can only work with the tools I was provided with. They were you your fucking me, tools. You gave me good armor <laughs> to improve. I'll make it great. You gave me terrible armor, and it'll be improved to shit. See, that's a better, that's a good price. You had terrible, and now it's only shit. That's a vast improvement. <laughs> Roll me a dexterity saving throw. <laughs> uh, you suddenly feel a blade come up to your neck. How are you going to pay me back? Isn't that what friends do? I've not. I've already paid you. I made your armor better. I give you, you a little homunculus. Shit. The homunculus <laughs> died in one hit. You were singing and dancing all night, talking about how well you were improving things, how anything you touched basically turns to gold. You took me from the goodness of my heart, and you screwed me over. Oh, People yeah. People don't do that, Tanlin. The homunculus, yeah. The homunculus, the smarter you are, Better it is. What are you trying to say, friend? <laughs> that I'm sure, as a very intelligent man like yourself, that Homunculus must have taken one hell of a hit to be knocked out in one hit. Don't be coy with me. <laughs> I'm not a fish. I'm a gnome. I wouldn't be coy <laughs> with anyone. <laughs> okay. Uh, so you feel the blade pushing into your neck, uh, and you see, like, feel like a little droplet of blood um, hit down on your armor. Uh, he sighs and he pulls his blade back uh, and kind of writes himself, pulling on his waistcoat. He goes, "Listen to me, friend. You owe me. I'd say because of your funny, your funny, funny, funny jokes, you now owe me two thousand gold." That seems like a very reasonable amount of gold to owe someone. You got two weeks. That seems like a very reasonable amount of time. Well made deception. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not being deceptive. I was going to say, now, if you would like, if you remove the knife from my throat, I'll get right on that and get back to work. 
Hmm. You know what? Because I'm in such a sporting mood, I won't take your head. However, I don't quite trust your word anymore, Gnome. And he takes your hand and places his, his hand on your wrist. You suddenly feel a burning deep in your skin. Um, almost like you're being branded. Pulling away, you manage to rip your, your arm out of his hand. And you can see a pattern on your wrist. It's almost like burnt in. Uh, it is a snake coiled around a feather. I mean, I'm not really one for tattoos. I hope it's temporary. And that really hurts. I better put... And can I go to me alchemy jug and just like wave me hand, draw a hand free and just wave me hand over it and just pour water on it and like, ah that hurts that's burning so, as you pour the water on it uh, the burning sensation turns ice cold almost like ah. you just dunked your hand into an ice bucket that's so much better <laughs> uh, so Draken uh, smiles he goes just a little bit of insurance you have two weeks gnome don't let me down again I didn't lay down the like I said, I improved it, but I'll, I can eat some gold. What do I get? What, excuse me? Like, <laughs> I give you 2,000 gold? What do I get? You get to keep your head. And he just, like, shakes his head and, like, fucking drunk. Like, oh, I like my head. It's a bit fuzzy at the minute, but... <laughs> it's a good head. It works out the magic thing. It's like I made the water. So he just kind of shakes his head and just walks away out into the busy street. Uh, you're left on your own once again. At which point, like, just keel down, like, ah, me hand, me wrist, that hurt. Who said the water was a good idea? Like, like oh, also, I've got one hell of a headache. Oh. I promise it's a one shot is a fortnightly D&D podcast. Join us on the 8th of December for episode 2, Flames, Fangs and Thieves.